What's up, everyone? Welcome to Strength of the Pack. Today, I'm sitting here today with Caitlin Boyle of K Boyle Customs. I think it'd be unfair for me to say that you just make longboards that are one of a kind. You <laughs> are an artist. So, what really like inspires you, like to go fall in love with the process? Thank you so much for having me. First off, um, what inspires me most about these longboards and just creating in general is that. You know, you take a time, you take a, a moment away from your phone, you take a moment away from whatever it is that's going on in your mind and you focus yourself on different colors or a craft, you know, especially sanding. I mean, sanding is so tedious and monotonous, but you're just sitting there carving kind of, and it's so relaxing. So I find that to be very inspiring. How'd you get so handy? Cause like, honestly, I'm completely useless with tools. I just learned how to sand like this year. <laughs> like, cause uh, I just refinished some of our old furniture to make it look nice again. But that's awesome. Like, I'm lost. <laughs> well, a lot of YouTube for sure. A lot of YouTube, but, um, I grew up like both my grandpas, like my grandfather's on both sides, basically babysat me my whole life and they took a huge role in, you know, who I am as a person today. And they both had the crazy workshops. Like I'll never forget my grandfather made this like handmade sandbox and it was miniature and, and we made it like a sand volcano and filled it with baking soda and vinegar and made it explode. And like, he always was having us in the shops and stuff. So like when I was a kid, it was just like these like enigmatic like memories that I'll never forget you know like he they were just so cool and I just wanted to be like them and I still want to be like them they both passed away unfortunately but like I definitely like that inspires me I want to live my life with their legacy for sure that that's really inspiring it like it gives you so much perspective to learn from people in your family that are older than you like my grandpa he also passed away but I call him papa and he came to the country as like an immigrant from Guyana and he worked in basically a sweatshop for nothing and just worked and worked and worked. So he's at the top and like me and him would always have like these heart to heart, like kind of conversations about like hard work. And he'd always just say, it's like hard work. It's in the blood. Gets yes. done. And I was like, Amazing. damn. Do you mention your papa? Is it, am I saying that right? Papa? Yeah. And do you mention Papa in your book? What is the, what is your book called again? It's the ink of my soul and the fire in my bones. How yes, that's beautiful. it. Beautiful. I can't wait to get my hands on that book for sure. So Papa. Yeah. He, like he, he, he is in my book. He, he, he really inspired me. It was kind of funny. Me and him even have the same birthday. So like, oh my we, gosh. yeah, we some one year we celebrated our birthdays together, which was cool. Like, cause he lived in Florida at the time, but, uh, he, he's just a man that is self-made. He worked hard. He found his path and like, he, he's a simple man too. Like he had his garden. He was a fantastic cook. I loved his cooking. He was the best cook I knew. And like, just, it was, he was just a very pleasant person to talk with. I, I miss our conversations, but you know, that's it, amazing. Is an amazing thing that I want to do in my life. That is a major life goal, gardening. Like, that's so cool that your grandpa did that with you. Oh, yeah. He had like a papaya tree in his backyard and like he had all these other little fruits and stuff. He's so cool. Like, I, I've tried gardening before. I had one garden at, at one of my houses in my life and I freaking loved it. I loved having fresh food. That's awesome. What did you grow? I had, uh, I had carrots, peppers, green beans, 
uh, bell tomatoes, just bun- bunch of stuff, a huge garden. And uh, it's just, it's, it's so satisfying, like to just literally plant something in the ground and watch it grow. It's incredible. Just, Self-sustaining. It, yeah. So like, I, I want to dive more into your, your art though. So it's like with your, with your, your art. So like lately I've been seeing a lot of long boards and damn, are they cool. But like, where did you, where did you really start? Cause I, I've seen some other things that uh, you've made as well. Like you even do like bridal party stuff. So like, what was the first <laughs> project for commission that you did? Oh gosh. Um, <clears throat> so I feel like I have two separate things now. So I have cable oil creations, which is kind of just me, you know, there's like coasters and drawings and I've done piggy banks and, you know, bookshelves and signs and sale signs for businesses, just all these different things that, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, yeah, I'll make you a sign for 40 bucks, you know, sure. Yeah, man. You know, I'm like, kind of, kind of just me very goofy and like kind of not like a real substantial business. And then this whole longboard thing is crazy because it actually just happened through this quarantine, which has been like kind of a blessing and a curse, but I feel bad talking about it in a blessing way. Uh, just cause it's going on. Um, but this, this longboard thing, I kind of like, it was so bizarre. I bought Taylor, um, my boyfriend, a, uh, a really cool, like 32 inch deck and it was just empty last year for his birthday and we were like yeah yeah we're gonna do something cool on it and then uh we just didn't for like a year and the (laughs) quarantine hit and i was like you know what like i'm pretty down right now a lot of things happened (laughs) um the test sites got closed down for my certification all of these things which i'm sure we'll get into eventually um but i was like you know let's do this board let's put some color into our lives like be a little bit more positive in this situation. Let's make this board. We went live and we made the board and people just like all of a sudden like took interest and they wanted to be a part of it and they wanted to support a small business. So I said, you know, longboards seem to be where it's at, but everything, every podcast I listen to, every book that you read, they all say, you know, you have to be a niche market. You have to make sure you separate your businesses and all of the most successful people I know, you know, say like they have two separate businesses or, or they, you know, they're one person, but they have two separate entities, right? One sells car wheels and one sells, uh, you know, carbon fiber vinyl or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, there are two separate companies because you, you can e- more easily monitor what your income and output is, what yep. people are more interested in. So I'm trying to um, be as organized as I possibly can, because I really never thought that this would be the big hit that it's becoming. And I'm really excited and truly thankful. So, you know, there's, there's a lot to, you know, kind of pick through with what you just said. So like one of the things that immediately uh, I think applies to you, and then you, you may not even be aware, but you're doing it very well is that you have successfully created your business by not making it too small because a lot of people like make their names like uh i say like like i'm drinking kombucha right now right i love kombucha so yeah. if i had a kombucha company if, if it was just kombucha 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 ethan like you know what do people <laughs> expect from me like just kombucha like nothing else it limits me i can't really make anything else but your your instagram handle and like what you're kind of going by for your for your business is kboil customs Right, right now, you make longboards that are custom, one of a kind, sick, resin filled, and like they're just super cool. But if you want to make something else now, you want to make kombucha, 
and longboards. You can't because you're not limited by, by your business. So like, I think where a lot of people go wrong is that they go too narrow in the beginning. It's not really so much about creating the business, but it's about creating brand. So like your brand is K Boyle custom. So you, right. you make customized shit. That's awesome. Like, like that's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, like, so yeah, you have to think, you have to think a lot. Uh, you have to think outside of the box of that. Cause like your, your business is always your brand. But, exactly. uh, beyond that, uh, just from, from your Instagram alone, even some, something that I've seen is that the way you decorate your house even is super artistic. I love it. I like the hanging lights. I love the abstract art on the walls. So how does all this kind of like tie into your creative process? Like how does it inspire you to create more art being surrounded by art? Yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, our apartment is crazy. It's crazy. Well, we, Taylor and I, we moved in here we were like dating for four months. We were like crazy kids, you know, 21 years old, four months in, he just moved home from Canada, like left his job as a contractor, came here. I was like, I'm going to be a nurse, you know, like yes. had all these crazy freaking dreams. And uh, we were like, let's move in together like crazy. And we did. And, you know, we had no sense of decorations. A lot of the stuff we have is hand-me-downs and, you know, art from my, my grandpa's house and my, my grandmother's house. And, you know, my mom drew this picture in like seventh grade and it was like this girl with a white face with this like colorful snake wrapped around the neck. And she was like, Oh, I'm throwing this out. And I was like, what? Like, this is gold. This is so symbolic of so many different things. Like, the snake could be money and sucking the life out of you. It can mean anything, you know? And I, I was like, I, I'm kind of a little bit of a collector. So, uh, you know, I, I, I look at those things, I guess my love colors, um, and I, I guess that is a little bit inspiring. I do like that. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what kind of like, there's so many different styles of art. So is there a particular style that really speaks to you? Uh, yeah, definitely resin for sure. I mean, I love resin art. I've been doing it for years now, but like, like you said, actually, I do a lot of different things. Um, the, I, I, now I'm doing longboards, which is super cool, but I used to do trays and I used to do canvas and um, signs for people's backyards when you cover it in resin, it like stays pretty well, even in the rain. And so resin is definitely my favorite medium to work with. It's super messy. It's, it's super new and upcoming actually. Um, people are now making like marble countertops with yeah. resin. So, you know, there's so much you can do with it. And people are like, hey, like, can, can you do this on my board? Can you do that on my board? And I'm kind of like, yeah, there's like kind of, there's no limit really what we can do. The only thing yeah. is like how much time it takes, you know, like, uh, I'm like, yeah, 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 we can do this and that. And then I'm like, okay, Caitlin, slow it down, you know. <laughs> but th that was the point that I forgot uh, earlier that I was going to make. It was just that the reason why your business is exploding is because how you document it is so interesting. Like I love watching the time-lapse kind of videos of you just like going through, like, you know, sanding down the board, filling it with <laughs> resin, glossing it over and just making it perfect. Just seeing it beginning to end. It's kind of like one of those, like, I think it's called AMR, like one of those like therapeutic kind of videos to watch. And it's so exciting seeing something from beginning to end. And then I also think that it's your personality type 
like that has contributed to the reason why you've gotten so much support because you have like a very like so I, I met you through a referral from Nick Clyro, who was like my first guest on, on the podcast. And like, like from there, like I take all of my guest recommendations super seriously. So I was like, all right, Nick says she's cool. She's cool. So I'm lucky to be here. Thank you. <laughs> no, I, I'm so glad that you're here. But like, to me, it's just like from there, I was like, let me, let me see what kind of person you is. And right off the bat, you're immediately authentic. You pay attention to other people when they, they talk to you to the point where like, we've never even met in person. And today you had me hysterically laughing, like, <laughs> you know, because you so. <laughs> uh, we, we took Myers-Briggs and like one of the things that I hate is small talk. And so she, she starts off the day with like, uh, she, asking me, how's the weather by me? And, I, and like, I had just woken up. So I was super groggy. Your response was so funny because I I had just started uh, chatting with Ethan through talking about his awesome podcast and everything. And he, yesterday we were chatting about it. He said, you know, I, I just really am not a big fan of small talk. Like I really enjoy like authentic communication with people. And then this morning I woke up, I was like, oh man, this is perfect. Like it's, it's kind of a crappy day. I was like, man, it's pretty, 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 uh, pretty shitty weather out today, huh? And he's like, yeah, it's a uh, rather. What did you say? It was like I said, it's rather muggy. <laughs> it's a rather muggy. Like he's probably probably rolling your eyes. Like, oh yeah, thanks, awesome. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess. Like, because I haven't even looked outside yet, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I guess the weather is bad. <laughs> like, oh but it just it just made me laugh because it, it just showed me how much you pay attention. And like, it really, it really strikes me. And like, if you pay attention to someone that you've just met for like a month, I'm sure you're a very attentive friend and that gets you the immediate support from, from your circle. Like Thank you, you so much. yeah, you have, you have a very strong voice and you have a very strong, like kind of energy and presence. And like, I see, I feel it and I see it when you put it out there in the world. So one of the other things that I, that I really noticed about you is like during your process, you tend to play music like in, in your video so like yes. how what kind of music do you like listening to do you listen to different types of music when you do different things and how oh, does it inspire you during the process so many different music types and genres it's insane i mean like i'll, I'll be listening to like mf doom and like homeboy sandman but then i'll be listening to like i even i just remembered this song from like the 70s it's like well i've got a brand new favorite the skates and it's like it's so silly it's like what and I I just like these songs run through my head constantly and I'm, I'm constantly in my own zone when I am doing art so I literally put on my friend Anissa always makes fun of me she's like how do you listen to music with no lyrics like you're like in a trip like it's so crazy you know and and I think it's just so funny because like I just zone out I like the sounds of things I'm like some people don't like to be overstimulated I almost like to be overstimulated. I love colors. I love music. My parents growing up in every home video, there is never silence in the background. There was always like Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin and, you know, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, like just jamming in the background. And I still appreciate the, uh, you know, those musicians and those bands, like even singers and standards. My grandfather was, you know, an older man, you know, he was, he, he would be like 90 something now, I think, but he was like 87 when he passed away. 
and I was super tight with him my whole life. And he loved like old sing- singers and standards like Ella Fitzgerald. So I would sing with him and oh my gosh, I, I used to care for older people too. So like when I was doing that, I really clicked with those people because we liked the same music, you know, we had the same yeah. mindsets of like, you know, working hard or working in a garden and or working with your hands and, and whittling or carving. Like I always love that stuff because my heroes love those things. I love hip hop because one of my greatest heroes, my, my older brother, he is into hip hop and rapping. He's a guidance counselor. Now he's like the coolest, you know, just such a great guy. So like a lot of my heroes are these like really powerful men. And I have a lot of powerful women heroes too, like my mom and my aunt Janet, who's like the producer of ABC news. And my mom's like an event coordinator. She's awesome. I have a really strong family unit. So like that is always my I'm so like, I I could tear up like crying. Like they're just amazing. I'm very blessed. I actually, you have been a part of my family in in, like some strange way. We've crossed paths on, on a multitude of platforms. It's very bizarre, but I remember you and you have an also very strong presence, a very focused presence. And and I really appreciate (laughs) that people who are, are loud like me and just like, are always like, Hey, what's up? And talking so much. And then you all of a sudden, and kind of move your focus and you see this person kind of focus in the background and you kind of want to listen to what he has to say you know <laughs> you're like he's taking everything in i want to hear what what he has to say you know so, so I, you're talking about our past lives so we, no i'm just kidding but uh we uh, <laughs> <laughs> like uh yeah we it was so strange because we apparently had met forever ago just through a family connection like my mom knew someone in your family and then like so bizarre. we crossed paths and we just never knew in that yeah. until being reintroduced. My memory sucks. I like my <laughs> short-term memory, terrible. My long-term memory, even worse, right? Like, you know, maybe not my long-term memory, but my short-term memory definitely sucks. Like, so many times people introduce themselves to me and they're like, hi, my name is blah, 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 blah. And then like, I just forget. It's gone. Like it, it's completely gone today. And then, way. It's so funny. Like we'll go on jobs for weddings and stuff and he'll walk in and be like, who's the important guy? And I'm like, you have to say his name. You have to say the group's name. And <laughs> <laughs> on those jobs, you know, I'll be like, you know, his, his mom is Peter. His dad is, you know, his mom is, is Sally. His dad is Peter. And his third cousin is Carla. You know, like it's, I'm always good with names and stuff like that. I always try and remember, you know, people's names, but it's so funny. Like, how people can just like, you know, you're, you'll, you're talking to them. And then one thing I'll, they'll say like, good morning. And then I'll be like, yeah, I'm good. You know, yeah, like yeah. That all the time. <laughs> like literally like when I first meet someone now I'm like, like insanely focused. Like as soon as someone starts talking, I'm just like, burn it into your brain. What their name is. <laughs> it's, it's like, you forget like, you know, or if it, Oh my God. It's, it's just so embarrassing for me because I forget all the time. And then I like, I get that from my dad. My dad is one of those dads at like the restaurants. I don't know if you know those dads that are just like, um, like, Oh, th- thank you, Sarah. Like, you know, like you all have the checks, Sarah, you know, like just always like, <laughs> I'm always just super polite when I go to restaurants because like, I hate like the lack of civility, like when people go out into public, like everyone oh. just forgets how to be a person all of a sudden. Yeah. And like, I don't know how to say like, please and thank you. Or, or like, there's like, something I hate is like when we, when we go out to dinner or something and people go like, I'll take a hamburger and I'll take fries. I'll take this. I'm not like, no, 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 no. It's 
to make. May I have a hamburger, please? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I would like some fries on the side, please. Like you know, like right. that, that kind of stuff drives me crazy. Well, we're we're very lucky, you know. We we had you know good people telling us, you know, make sure you say please and thank you, you know, growing up. So I'm very thankful for that. We're, yeah, like, we're it, but it's so baby. funny. <laughs> yeah, but it, but it's so funny that like those paths cross, but like me, memory sucks. I don't remember anything. And, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it is because like I I am very like uh, like goal oriented and like focus motivated. So like I do get tunnel vision a lot, and I I'm just so focused on the thing that I'm doing right then and there that everything else like I I just don't remember like the environment. I get too. Uh, deep into my work like even what you said about me what was that i wish i could be a little bit more like that i see shiny things you know i'm not very focused and i wish i I like envy that that quality that you have that you can kind of like hone in and say okay this is what i need to do and this is what i'm gonna do you know yeah I, i i get that but like i also envy like the creative freedom of like just being able to be like yeah i'm gonna make this today you know, like to me, I think that's why your, your profile really strikes me. Like, so like we've kind of been dancing around it. Like, so we'll just dive into it now, but you, you took the Myers-Briggs personality test and you scored an ENFP, which apparently is the personality type I jive well with like the best. So what did you think of the test and like, what kind of insight did it give you? I love the test. I thought it was so cool. I even printed out something because I just wanted to like read back. So it said for me that I'm like Robert Downey Jr., Robin Williams, Quentin Tarantino. I think they said Spider-Man too. So I am a campaigner. And they said that I'm a turbulent campaigner, that, which is, you know, I'm looking at that and I'm like, you know, I guess that turbulence comes from trying a little bit too hard to be too polite, you know, dancing around that focus of saying, no, I cannot do that. Or yes, I can do that. Being very straightforward and kind of dancing around things like I tend to do because I shoot from a more polite side. So that I think is what it said about my turbulence. Um, but I really liked, you know, the ideas that it had. I mean, don't lose that little spark of madness. I was just like, oh my gosh, man, that's totally like how I like how I live. I like need a change of scenery all the time. Like I need the new cool thing. I like, I love to like fix little things that are broken or try and just make things a little bit better, you know? So it really did like, it's pretty accurate. I'd say. <laughs> Were there any particular lines that, that really struck, struck you? Um, it, oh, this is a good one. It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know what you ache for. And if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. So that was really cool. And it says, um, it doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love, for your dreams, for the adventure of being alive. And I was like, yeah it's it's poetry man like it's so exciting reading about this because like something that frustrates me like like horoscopes are fun right like but it's like based on nothing and like whereas this is a psychological test that's like been studied over and over and over again and like there's actually a rationale behind everything so it makes sense 
Totally, totally. And I, I, I can't wait for them to do more research on like the longevity because I, I do think that people change and, you know, your environment changes and, you know, all of these things about your life change. And, um, you know, I wonder if that changes your personality rating on the Briggs test, you know, after time passes, you know, who knows, like who knows if it's from your core or if it's, you know, shapeable, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the nature versus nurture kind of like, yeah. 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 I, I think about that a lot too. I think some people are just naturally very intuitive and like, like if you're the type of person to question things, you're intuitive. And like a lot of people like just naturally have these questions and they're, they're the kind of kids that got in trouble in school for asking too many questions, yeah. you know? <laughs> and then like you, you start to realize that it's like, you can't get all the answers in school or in a textbook and like, you have to kind of go out there and look for it yourself. So that's like, what strikes me about your profile. It's like, you want to know like the meaning, like you want to know like what your soul aches for. Yeah. And at the same time, I love what you said, like, um, like wanting to go out and find the answer, but knowing that you really like, there is no one answer kind of, kind of thing that you just said. I loved it because, um, I think that like there, there's like, this quote that my grandfather said um, right before he passed away. And it's so true to what this all means. And he said, if you fight change, you will drown in a sea of progress. And I thought that was just so profound and amazing. Like you just have to embrace changes and like figure out who you are and like what you want to be. And like, I just think that's, you know, so cool. Like find what you ache for, you know, find what your love is, you know, it, it, it's really I loved it. <laughs> I, I, I love that message. And like, I think one of the books that really taught that to me was uh, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. It's, it's probably my favorite book. I that like way back. Oh gosh. In like high school, but like, it's so good. It was actually like a boss of mine. I was working as an intern at Estee Lauder and my boss turned out to be like one of the coolest people ever. Like he, uh, he was like, we like the same music as me. Like we both listen to like hardcore music and stuff and like he's like a polish guy who listens to polish hardcore and like he's sharing all these metal bands with me he's a video game fanatic he like he made a video of uh, like uh the division that video game making like a side-by-side -side video comparison comparing actual new york city to the game new york city and he got featured in like all these magazines and stuff That's for doing awesome. this and he, he he just he taught me a lot dur during the times and he was so honest like he'd he'd always say like and I love his accent it just made everything better he's just like he's like Eden you must trust no one <laughs> do not even trust me it's like we are not friends no I, one is your friend I like though it, that's so like it, you got to trust yourself you know like for sure like I agree with your friend and I love that accent that was awesome <laughs> yeah like no but like it was it was really the best because he was just honest and he was honestly probably one of the best mentors I had so he told me that I needed to read The Alchemist and as soon as I read The Alchemist just it just messed up my brain like it, it rewired everything in me because like one of the, the core concepts of it is listening to the omens. So like, I know it could sound like a little woo woo, whatever, like, but you got to think past that. You got to be able to think in metaphor in order to understand deeper meanings of things. So like by listening to the omens, well, all he really means is listen to your life's calling. Cause sometimes like life is speaking to you and life is always speaking to you and you just choose not to listen. Like so many times we're stuck 
doing the thing that we think we're supposed to be doing versus doing the thing that like our heart is calling, yelling at us to do. And then it, that book really just struck me and made me kind of go into motion. Like it helped me pursue the love of my life who I married now. It helped me like choose, like, I fucking hate accounting. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, I became a CP. I, I was, uh, I didn't become a CPA, but I was struggling with the decision to become a CPA after getting my accounting degree or do something I actually want to do and write a book. And I was like, yeah, it turns out I fucking hate working 80 hours a week and getting paid for 40. So I'm going to write a book instead and go to private. That's awesome. And that is such an inspiration, truly. Like I've been through so many different transitions in my life at this point. And um, it's just insane how you can, you know, you can have all these plans in your mind and they just shift constantly. And, you know, they can be within your control or not. And it's not even up to you (laughs) most of the time. So, um, you know, I went from just like you, I went from nursing school and I was there for three years and I was one year away. I was like one, one, two semesters away from graduating as a registered nurse. And everybody was like, you know, you got to do it. Like you got to finish. And I just was like, no, like, I hate this. Like, you know that this is not for you when you're going to work every day and you have to pull over because you can't, you're like hyperventilating or you have to throw up because, you know, you can't handle the sights or whatever. Like some people are built for that. And some people aren't and whoever is like the nurses today. Like, thank God for these nurses. Like they're incredible. I bow to them because I know <laughs> what they've been through. I know that they, you know, get puke in their hair and, you know, punched and hit and spit on and then they have to watch people die it's really tough it's like most of the time is not it's not just saving lives it's like a lot of other things too and I shift over and um it was like I was traveling with Malloy College hey and um and uh I I realized that like I just clicked so well with the education people and I wasn't like clicking as much with the nursing majors not that like they were bad people. They were really lovely as well. They're wonderful. Um, but like the education majors were kind of more goofy and like a little bit more like creative with like their conversation or what they were doing for the day. And they were down to like, you know, go for the ropes course. So I was hanging with them most of the time. And I kind of was, you know, I was looking at my brother becoming a guidance counselor and my sister-in-law, you know, being this amazing teacher. And I was like, you know, maybe education is for me. And then I can, you know, instead of escort people out of life, I can escort people into life. And I am so happy with that decision. I am able to make such awesome like lesson plans. I love kids. Um, but with education too, there's just a lot of politics and it, you know, my student teaching experience was like awesome when it came to the kids, but you know, you realize that like you're kind of in competition a lot of the time and you know, who gets the next spot and all of these different things. So, you know, it's a little bit discouraging at times and this quarantine, you know, I was like one test away from um, getting completely certified as a special education teacher in of New York State. Um, and technically, I'm a certified general education teacher in New York State right now. I'm just waiting on that special education exam. Right. And right as I like went to go sign up to take the test, it was like 
everything is closed for, for lockdown. And I was like, no, you know, and like schools are shutting down. It's just, everything is crazy right now. And I was super depressed for like a week during lockdown. I was like, what am I going to do? Like my plans are out the window again. Like the, the world is taking a dump on me again, you know, and like, what the heck, man? Like, when is it going to be my time? And I said that I was like, when's it going to be my time, man? Like, gosh, I was so angry. Like, I can't even tell you the anger that set in. And finally I was just like, you know what, let's do that board. And then the board thing hit. And I was like, wow, this is really something like who knew that you can figure out a way to monetize something that you love and something that you wake up every day and that you actually want to go to and do and have fun. I'm in communication with these people. I'm doing this awesome, like this like distressed country type board right now. I'm just finishing up this circus board that I put this actual acrobat silhouette on which was a picture of him because he's a trapeze artist. Like I'm in communication with these wonderful, really awesome supportive people now. And it's like the world just, will just push you in these directions. And it's really beautiful sometimes. (laughs) Wow. Like, wow. But that man, that really just hit me so hard. It's just the, the question you ask yourself, when is it going to be my time? Like, that's something everyone should think about. It's like, it's like not even just when, how do I make it my time? Yeah. And, and you make it your time by seizing it. So like you've seized this quarantine as an opportunity for you to grow. And like, I've been doing the exact same thing. Like, like, I don't think it, that, that was something else for me before. It's like, I don't think it's wrong that you're getting a benefit from the quarantine. Like what's wrong, like the wrong thing to do during this quarantine would be to disrespect it, go out and do all the stupid things people are doing right now. Like some people are protesting the quarantine, like they're shaking hands and handing out candy to kids and doing stupid Why? shit. Those are dumb. Halloween. It, it, it's really, really simple. Like a lot of people just gravitate towards stupidity very naturally and like it just it just stops them. And like, they, they can't listen to science because they're selfish. Like they just want to do what they want to do. Like this quarantine is a really big deal. And like people need to take it seriously. Like the quarantine too, like how, um, it almost, it, it shut me off from all of the outside forces telling me like, yep. Oh, just like finish the tests or just like now I can't, you know? So like now, now it's like, you know, I'm trying to like not listen to the pressures of the world on the outside and be like, so like, you know, people will ask this like really nice, well-intentioned question of, you know, so what have you been up to at like a family party or whatever? And, and it's like, you want to be able to say like all these really awesome things. And like, now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well we're quarantined now. Now I, now I don't have any outside forces like shifting me to like feel any kind of self-doubt or Mm -hmm. not that that intent, like that, those people who ask those questions intend for that. They're really just curious, but like, I don't know if you ever heard of the five agree- four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I've heard of it. I haven't read it. Oh my God. It's so phenomenal. I, he, one of his things was do not take anything personally. Anything others say or do is not because of you. It's because of them. Like anything that I say or do, like if I take something personally, it's because of me. Like it's because I'm self-conscious about that thing. And I take full responsibility for any of those negative feelings for sure. Like people are like, uh-huh. Hey, how's it going? And I'm like, I didn't graduate nursing school. You know, like, <laughs> it's not like that, you know? So, um, 
you know, I think that like you don't have these pressures during the quarantine telling you like, no, you can't, or maybe you should do the secure thing or, you know, focus more on a real job, you know, and those kinds of things, or like, maybe you should do this or buy that. Like you kind of are just like depending on yourself to say, okay, this is what I want to get done. This is how I'm going to do it. And you're kind of in charge of you right now. So it's, it's an interesting thing. See, I think the quarantine is a gift in a way for people that are self-reflective because it is forcing people to get comfortable with being themselves. And a lot of people aren't comfortable with being themselves and they try to fill that discomfort by surrounding themselves with other people, spending money, you know, and kind of just running away or dissociating from the issue of like, wow, I'm not happy with my life. But now you're home and you have no choice. You have no choice. <laughs> Watch as much Netflix as you want. Between every 15 second break between episodes, your mind is going, it's like, am I happy? <laughs> like, you know? So like that, that, that's there and you have to listen to it. Otherwise you're going to continue to be unhappy. Like to me, it's like choosing safety is it's like the worst thing you could do like for your life, for your mental health, for your personal satisfaction at the end of the road. Choosing safety is to choose regret. But it's also what we've been told to do our whole lives. Yeah. It's, and like, that was something else about you. Like when you were speaking earlier about like the career, like, you know, I want to tell you to finish, finish, finish your degree. Like there's a battle between creativity and career and like creatives kind of like me and you just like, I hate bureaucracy. I hate <laughs> being forced into a box. I hate the politics of everything. All I want to do is what I love and like, just make the things I love. Like, and it's, it's so unfortunate, especially in American culture, I feel. It's just like this political power grab. It's always there. Like yeah. even in college, like, you know, you had like the Malloy student government and then you had like, and you know, it's a click and like everyone has their power grab there. Everyone trips on the titles that they have and it's all interference. Like I think one of the dumbest things I ever had to deal with from a leadership perspective was that I created... Uh, a student chapter in college, right? For, for networking. And I did it. Like, you know, like I spoke to the president, I formed the association, I filled out the paperwork. And then like, naturally, like I should be the leader of this. Two other people out of nowhere just get involved and try to take it away from me because of bureaucracy. Like, because they knew the, the representative I was using, the club mentor or whatever. And then they, they put it to a vote and I got voted with two other people who did nothing for this, won the vote. And then <laughs> after that, like they still try to take it away from me after the fact. They're like, because I was the leader of something else. They're like, he can't be the leader of two things. And I was like, well, apparently I fucking am. Trash. Oh, that sucks. I hate those, I hate those kind of wormy people. And it, it really just steals from creativeness. Like, you know, it's like I, like me being a leader on campus was like the greatest expression of my creativity. Cause I was able to think outside the box and organize things and put it together, but people just eat away at that. And that's the beauty of being a self creator. Like you do yes. it on your own with your boards. No I one's do, telling you what to do. I do believe that like people that tend to like more have those qualities. Um, 
I like have this weird relationship with those types of people because I like really truly like want to believe that they don't know that it's coming off that way. You know, like I, I deeply like want to like, like, I know that you don't mean to crush my dreams, but you know, <laughs> honestly, I, I've known a few other ENFPs and like, they're honestly some of my really good friends and they, we always have this issue. Because to me, I see it right from the beginning. Like, as soon as I meet someone, <laughs> I'm like, I'm over here like, don't do it. <laughs> I, I hate, hate, hate the, like, politician type personality of people who just, like, smile at you to, like, earn some sort of benefit. Like, who just do you a favor to get a favor from you because it's expected. And, like, right. you know, that fake plastic smile. Like, yeah, it's completely insincere. Like, I, I've told my friends so many times, like, just within five minutes of meeting someone, I'm like, don't like him. Like, <laughs> See, I also wish that I had that because that would save like probably a lot of time. <laughs> I'm super skeptical. It, it, I, like to me, I judge people a lot from their eyes. Like I, it's such a strange thing, but it's just like, you can see sincerity in people's eyes. Like, you know, like when they talk, when they're talking about their passions, if you see like that light light up, then you know they're being honest versus like that conniving. Like I want to I want to benefit out of this engagement and like ugh, it just it just turns me off so much i feel that i totally feel that i mean you know at the end of the day i i think i sent you there's this article it was like a short read it's called the egg by andy weir now i like have been reading this one little tiny short excerpt for years anytime i like meet someone like that where i feel like it's just like fake or not genuine or like they don't really want what's good for your life or for you or like don't want you to do well obviously like just bad intentions whatever yeah i i open that article and i read it because i try like i'm not a religious person um but like this article is so cool because it's literally like people live in these different realms or different lives and like i don't even know i don't even know how to explain it I, <laughs> like it's such a bizarre thought by Andy Weir, um, the egg by Andy Weir. It's like galacnet.com or something like that, but it's so good. I'll have to like share it with you or something like to post. Something. You shared it with me. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but it's, it's so good. It's hard to explain, but it's like, it tries to show that like, you know, people are all, all each other in one different way or another, or like you live multiple, I don't believe in reincarnation, but you live these multiple lives and along the way you learn. So people who like maybe make those stupid choices to like, um, you know, say something or whatever that rubs a person the wrong way, you know, they, they like, maybe you're just learning through that path of like, you know, how, how a person even reacts to that type of behavior, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, um, so I, I read through that and like, I think something similar, like uh, along the same lines. And it's just that all people are just reflections of each other. Yes. So good way it's to just, it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, we're either the reflection of the best version of ourselves or the worst version of ourselves. Right. Like, I think one of the lines from, from the poem was like from the egg, the discussion was saying that like, we, we are all one. Right. And it was like, you were, you are everyone. Yeah. And like, and one of them is like, you were Adolf Hitler. It's like one of the things that said. Yeah, I was you like, oh. <laughs> and, and it was like, and the person was like, I, I was Hitler. And she's like, yes. And you were the millions of people that suffered at Hitler's hand at the same time, too. So it's just like, all of us have the power 
to create great good and great evil, just like any other person. Right. And that's what, that's something that inspires me a lot because every time I see someone else that's successful, I'm just like, I have the exact same power as you to become just as successful. Of course. I believe so, that so wholeheartedly. And it's so, it's so, it seems so out of reach. You know, we were talking yeah. before too about um, like, Oh gosh, what was it? It was like, you know, being vulnerable and being able to be like, you know, like accepting your, your quote unquote failures or whatever, giving up and like moving forward. But there's this amazing book by Dr. Brene Brown. She's amazing. And it's called the gifts of imperfections. Um, It talks about shame and vulnerability and how we like it, it def- definitely focuses on women, but it like I read it aloud to Taylor, like we were camping and I, we read it in one day. Like I was just like, we kept going through it. And he was like, this is amazing. I don't care. Like if people think it's for women, because it's totally for like all women and men around. So it was just about like shame and vulnerability and how we've like been societally conditioned to think that we're like supposed to live a certain way or, you know, supposed to, you know, get married by a certain age and have babies by a certain age and like, you know, do these things and have these like life ticks that you check off along the way or, yeah. and and like she talks about how like, you know, kind of it's, it's more people are, are able to pull their guards down when they sense a person who's, who's able to be, authentic and be able to say like hey man like i totally messed up on this thing versus somebody who is gonna act like they're a perfect person because there's not like it's there's no such thing as it and the more that you say like i've always been a person that like the more you say like i know everything about this the less likely i'm gonna think that you're a trustworthy source (laughs) like Mm -hmm. the more that you're like you know i'm not really sure like we we're researching on it and like we're we're gonna update you along the way I'd so much more like take that person's perspective. Yeah. Like I believe in keeping an elastic mind rather one that's in steel because you like, it's harder to change steel. Like your mind should be flexible, but you can't break. You can be flexible. You can't break. So like you have to always be willing to update your opinion, (laughs) update your facts. Like if, if what your opinion is doesn't agree with what the facts are, change your opinion. Like you're wrong. Like, you know, but so many people can't do that because there's a huge ego in the way or like narcissistic personalities exist where people do think they know best, everything, especially. And then unfortunately, sometimes parents are in this category of thinking that they know best and they they push you into different like expectations of what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Like whether it's career, marriage, kids, like, like, like I got married at 24 and that was my choice. Like with my wife. A beautiful thing. My cousin just got married at 24 with the most beautiful girl. And like, I couldn't imagine a, like a more perfect couple than you guys. And then, you know, Joy, they're amazing. Like, I'm so happy for you guys. I like my point in that is being the whole timeline situation is some people might tell you guys you're too young. And, And that is such BS because it is what you want to make it. If you want to get married at 21 for all, you know, for all anyone should care, you know, it, it's like, you should be able to live your life at your own timeline and your own speed. And like, that's so hard. Cause like we're told our whole lives and conditioned to think that like, there's a certain life that you live. And like, mm-hmm. it's just wild because you don't have to do anything. 
Yeah, but then everyone immediately hounds us about having children and stuff. And I'm like, we don't fucking want kids. <laughs> you know, like, like, like I, just because you're married doesn't mean you have kids. And then, like, people people all the time are like, that's exactly what that means. I'm like, well, that's stupid. It's a profession of love. You don't have to have one and not the other. People think, oh, well, because you have kids, now you need to get married. No, you don't. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, as Vinny and I are, are so, like, fucking, like, dead set focused on being successful before any of that. And, like, to us, yeah. like, we have so many entrepreneurial drives, passions, and just, like, ideas that we need to pursue before kids happen. And I, t- I tell it all the time. Freaking awesome. And I'm so happy for you guys. And I love that. Because that's kind of the flow that I'm on right now, too. Like, trying to figure out the way to sustain life. And, you know, live a, like a calm, like stress-free for the most part life. That would be mm-hmm. awesome. like, once I can figure that all out, then maybe I'll think about, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like not enough people really get a chance to live. You yeah. know, like they're just, they're kind of just stuck filling a role. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not given the chance to think outside the box and really pursue what matters to them. And that what is what leads to regret, you know, and divorce and like all, all these things. It's just like Crazy. making the wrong choice because that's what you felt you had to do. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, we all like, I mean, I think that you mentioned something about ethos. If I, yeah. if I had an ethos, like I was actually looking up ethos cause I was like, well, <laughs> what is an ethos? You know, like I know it has to do with ethics, but I didn't necessarily know like what, what, what would an ethos, like an etho uh, centric sentence look like, you know? And um, one of your examples was be the light uh, that you had a guest on. Yeah. It was Russell. Yeah. I think mine would be follow your own timeline. I like that. Cause yeah, like, so the ethos question, I think, is the most important question that, uh, that I ask. And it's because, like, it really is how you define yourself as a person. Like, what, what's the core thing to you that matters the most? And, like, the way you want to live your life. And what yours says is that you want to live life on your terms. Like, you don't need someone else to give you the plan. Like, you have the plan. So stop infringing on my life <laughs> and, like, my ideas. Um, I mean, I, I understand that like in any job and like, if I, you know, do become a elementary school teacher one day, you know, I'm going to have to, you know, be kind of in a little bit of a pyramid there and like work my way up, you know, the ladder. And it's very important that, you know, that happens. Um, and I respect that flow. However, when it comes to, K-Boyle customs and, you know, art and things like that. Like that's where I thrive for sure. You know? So when I was on your Insta stories, I saw that you had posted some Q and a questions. So I stole this one from you cause I wanted to see how you answer it. Okay. And it's just, uh, how do you remain authentic in a formal environment? Do you have to choose between your art and your profession? Oh gosh. I just, I just like that question so much because it, it's just the truth. There is a delicate balance between your profession and your love until you can truly transition to what you love. 
I mean, the reason why I even asked that question is because truly, and I'll be so transparent with you right now, Ethan, like I do not know. (laughs) Um, I really don't know. And it's actually been kind of on my mind a lot lately, especially with this, you know, new business coming out and especially with all these tests becoming so expensive and difficult to um, like get through. Um, It just feels like, you know, I'm like, being held back by all these limitations, but I'm also limiting myself in a way by not um, doing what I'm doing now, I guess with cave oil customs. So I think like it's, it's a really interesting topic um, that, that, that is like, how do you be your authentic self in an, in a formal environment? And I've thought about it like every single day, because I mean, I got a lot of responses that I truly did not like. And a lot of them were from educators because, you know, especially high school teachers, which luckily I'm not going to be um, because of this I wouldn't want to be. situations. I mean, they get your name and they stalk you. <laughs> they literally stalk your life. So, you know, it's, it's really tough for educators because you, have this just like I did with nursing, you know, you have this dream of like, you know, I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to be a part of, you know, the foundation in these kids' hearts and minds. And then you realize that there's the, um, you know, the problem with um, like putting yourself truly out there. Like you have no real true identity. You really are as an educator, you really are filling this you know, kind of making this almost plastic 3D print cutout of who you are as a person because you can't truly, you know, you can't be political at all, at all. And I respect that. Like, you you should influence kids to um, make their own decisions. However, I think that, like, you know, there are a lot of kids who grow up in, you know, kids who grow up in conservative environments grow up to be liberal. Kids who grow up in liberal environments turn out to be conservative. I think that it's so important that we teach kids that like, no matter whatever, you know, Miss Boyle is or does, you know, you have to be your own person. And I think that's, you know, something that's really important and something that's not exactly honored. There really is no privacy with with becoming an educator. You really have to monitor your social environment completely um even though cave oil customs is is uh separate it's still very much attached to my other stuff um and rightfully so because that's artistically what i wanted to do but you know i i really do need to be mindful looking forward of you know if somebody wanted to order you know uh, even a, a skateboard with a beer on it you know i'd have to think about something like that so you know it's, it's a lot to think about it's a lot to to grasp <laughs> I, it, it kind of made me think about our conversation earlier like when we were joking because you, you DM me after taking Myers breaks and you're like, oh no, I'm turbulent. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I'm like, there are two simple words that I believe with all my heart and soul <laughs> that help me deal with turbulence. And it's just, fuck you. Because <laughs> you know? like, because seriously, like, like, I know that's a harsh way of putting it, but like, I really do think in very harsh terms. Like, you know, it's like, you're either on my team or you're not. And like, I don't need people that aren't on my team. And to me, it's like, you shouldn't ever have to compromise who you are for someone else. And you should never do that. Like to me, I think it's so much better to stand on your own two feet alone rather than stand for something you don't believe in. 
Right. And I have done that. I've made that choice over and over and over again. And it's just like, I feel so much more satisfaction being the lone wolf than just being another sheep who is just preaching something I don't believe. Absolutely. Going along with the herd for just ease. Like and I always said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And, and like my view on politics is like, I don't uh, politicize. I'm just very tactful. So I think you have to be tactful instead of being a politician in order to be uh, true to yourself. And all that really means is, is like never show all your cards. Like that advice my boss gave me a while ago, it just do not trust anyone. Like, <laughs> it, it, it is true. I, I think that's something that I really need to work on. I think that sometimes I try to be this like um, very transparent person that is very relatable. I really truly have always just, I really just want to be myself, but there are a lot of, you know, like the whole formal environment thing where some things are just not appropriate. Like some people, you just, some people you say, Hey, what's up, man. And then some people you say, good morning, sir. How are you today? You know, yeah. it's just like, you have to know those social cues and, and, you know, I'm, I guess just coming to terms with them as a, as a grown up. <sighs> it's it's hard it's it's really just tactics i learned my lesson the hard way like with my first job uh, outside of college and i got backstabbed so hard uh, like by so many people like i felt like john snow in season <laughs> six and i was just like you too <laughs> like you know and like the betrayal <laughs> it, it got me i was just like wow i will like that advice that my boss told me forever ago as an intern Never tell anyone anything. Like, yeah. like if you hate your job, don't tell anyone. Like, Dude, don't tell your coworkers. Thing. We literally, like, I've just started posting these long boards like 10 days ago. Yep. Already, we went through it on like a liking spree of just like resin people and like whatever, just to get a kind of a brief following. And already someone in Australia is doing the epoxy resin boards in australia at like doing it just like mine and literally like liked all of our posts and then just started doing it like a day after and i was like oh my god like i, I can't even be mad at it because it's public and whatever and like he does like custom long boards himself but not with like the resin and stuff so i was like oh my god like that's crazy like the, the competition out there like it's gonna be there no matter what you know like all these politics, no matter what you choose to do, even if you want to be self-made, the politics are always going to be there. It's like, it's like, it's like that Bob Marley quote where he's like, you know, you're never going to love everybody a hundred percent. Like you got to find the ones that are worth loving, you know, like the worth, the, the ones that are worth sticking around for, you know, like you got to find that, like that thing that makes you want to deal with all the others, you know, crap. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like that that desire to be transparent, I think it's just like quintessential to being human. But so many of us struggle to be our transparent, true selves just because we're stuck fighting these stupid political battles. And like to me, one of the cures to that disease has just been cutting my circle of friends down, cutting yeah. it smaller and smaller. <laughs> it's honestly, I think that's what everybody ends up doing as they get older anyway. And you know, it, it gives you a platform to kind of focus, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you're able to really hone in on your craft and it's great to see people every now and then, but I'm noticing too, like, I mean, we've been living in this apartment since we're 21, I'm turning 27 in June. Like it's been a long time. So 
like this was the party pad, you know, like everybody is here all the time. Like we love having our friends and family over. We have sleepovers. We have people stay here for weeks. Like seriously, it's crazy. It's always in and out. We have a revolving door. Like it's crazy. <laughs> and I'm realizing like with the whole quarantine thing that like, you know what, some alone time is good. It's natural. Yeah. It's healthy. And you know, it's really good for you to be able to focus and to make your own decisions. A hundred percent. And like, to me, like this quarantine has been like a mental practice for myself. It's been like a meditation. So I've had the chance to just kind of meditate with my own thoughts and really just sift through what really matters and get focused to make a game plan and execute, do things that I would ordinarily not be able to do. Because every day when I'm at work, like, what am I doing? I'm daydreaming about what I could do with those eight hours at yeah. work. And then like, what? You, you get those eight hours and what do you do? You watch Netflix, you sleep right, in too much. Exhausted. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, stop, like stop doing that. Like uh, now's the time to dive in. So do, do you have any uh, men- daily mental practices that you use to keep you sharp? Um, I would definitely say like my art in general, like I love doing artistic stuff. So like, even if it's like a doodle, like <laughs> today making my, my dream house list, like of like what I would want to have one day when I can do that, you know, like just yeah. lists, doodles. Um, that's kind of like, I listening to music, you know, just kind of zoning out, laying down, really listening to the words of songs. Like I like that stuff. I'm kind of always on the move. I, I love all different things. Like I love doing yoga and stuff, but I'm not like a everyday type of person. I, yeah. I love to be more of like a type A, like I have a routine every morning. I wake up, I drink my coffee, I do this and that, but it's more like you know, maybe I'll pour a board today. Maybe I'll sand one. Like there's no, like there's organization, but it's a little chaotic. <laughs> so your meditation is more in the work then. Like, yeah, just- like I love, um, writing. Like I, I love, um, poems and raps and, you know, I, <laughs> you know, I wrote a rap, like when I first, uh, quit drinking and stuff. And, and I was just like, wow, like the world is so much more clear for me now. Like the, you know, I could see the sky is bluer for some reason it feels like. And, uh, I wrote a bunch of raps about that and it really helped me get through it, you know? So I just like my meditation would be like writing some sort of like, um, way to just get it out there into the world, you know? Yeah. Writing's so powerful too. Like it's just, I realized that I loved writing in high school because like that's, that's when I really kind of started to flourish and I, I could do more than the five paragraph essay. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like I could write deep, meaningful things and really express myself. And I was like, damn. And then like my teachers would read my papers and they'd be like, wow, this really hit me. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, I can influence someone this much older than me like, yeah. so, like as a 16 year old, like, you know, thinking like that. Age is but number. Seriously. But- Mm-hmm. The the first time I ever made money from writing was the best experience ever for me because what I used to do, I used to write people's college essays. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> and, and I loved it. Like I would charge everyone fifty dollars an essay. I probably wrote like thirty essays like throughout co- throughout high school as a senior. So it was so easy, and pe- people would always be like, "How are you going to relate to my experience?" I was like, "Well." I wrote about one of my friends moving from Bangladesh to the United States and seeing snow for the first time. So I think I got what you got. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Like, absolutely. That's incredible. 
and then like you know just falling in love with with writing like even more so again like I fell in love with it again like through the job that I hated because I, I used to write blogs for that company right. and I was like wow if I could do it for them like shouldn't I be able to do this for myself yeah for sure that's freaking yeah. amazing dude like I, I think that you have such a special gift to be able to not only portray your experience but to be able to have a conversation and be able to give other people their foundation to spread their stories and it, it really is such a beautiful quality that you have um and a passion that you have and i'm we we really appreciated us uh strength of the pack followers <laughs> no like that that really means a lot to me and like that's what my podcast is about and that's what my brand and my mission is about it's just like i want to empower people to start thinking outside of the box like we all put these silly limitations on ourselves as to why we can't live the perfect life that we always dream of. And it frustrates me. It's just all the time. Like some people just need a kick in the butt to get in the right absolutely, direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that like what my grandfather once said, he goes, uh, you know, do whatever you want in this life, whatever that, whatever you love, do that. And don't ever listen to anybody. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> What a what a profound thing to say from such an angry man at the moment. Like he was just so angry in that moment. I just thought it was hilarious. Like you know, anger everyone and don't ever listen to anybody. <laughs> I I get it though. Like anger is a beautiful form of honesty. Yeah. And it's it's just pent up honesty that like, you know, your true feelings just can't get out. Like for me, like honestly, like I tend to defer to anger. Like, and it's just like it's not like an unhealthy way of anger. It's just internal fire <laughs> like all the time it's like as soon as someone starts talking bad about something i'm passionate about i'm like yeah don't worry keep living your life and i'll live mine <laughs> and then right. i just let it burn feel the fire and then i burn out a freaking book yeah like, exactly <laughs> exactly that's the, the productive way to handle things as an adult the, the, that's what your your podcast should be about in general just that's what it is about yeah. how to like, handle life as an adult and like shift your anger into these really awesome things <laughs> so on a day-to-day -day basis what like what's the thing that keeps you inspired like I said, definitely my family. Like that's the number one thing, but I, I do watch a lot of YouTube videos. I love this couple, Evan and Caitlin. They're awesome. They work with resin all the time. Um, the I'm sorry girls from Canada. They're on YouTube. Also, they're super funny and just like creative with their DIYs. They, they do thrift shop flips. It's so awesome. I, I love that stuff. Like the, like the little nerdy shows like that on YouTube. Uh -huh. um, but it's so interesting. I learned so much from them, really. Um, and then, and just really, like, my mom and dad, they were so generous in the beginning. I mean, I lost any jobs that I had, any foreseeable income when this quarantine happened. And they were nice enough to, um, and generous enough and thoughtful enough, like, I could go on and on. Um, but my parents gave me, an, uh, like, an investment of $500 to buy the boards and the grip tape and the wow. tools. And they said, you know, your first income comes straight back to us. And I ended up tripling it in 10 days. So Jeez. I am very happy to announce that like it's up and running. It's doing well. And because they, they believed in me um, and believed in my craft, I was able to really fine tune things and like 
figure out more of like who I am and what I want out of life. So I'm really lucky for that. And, you know, they, I'm really happy that it worked out because <laughs> then I would just be in even more debt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh that, that is scary as hell. Uh, I, I've been working so hard to get that. Like, that's now getting married. It's all about building our financial health, but that, that, that's really great. You know, parents that invest in you and the fact that you're able to turn around so fast, it's probably yeah. made the parents raise an eyebrow. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> well, maybe like, you know, they'll believe that this could be a real, real deal thing. You know, who knows? <laughs> I mean, if they don't, I do. Cause it's I like do. in 10 days you, you tripled their investment. Like that, that's, that's half of like what a normal household's like monthly need is. I got to yeah. tell you, like I, I keep things so organized. Like I have spreadsheets digitally and printed. Like I'm, I'm on it, dude. Like I'm on it. I, I got, you know, Ace spending, Amazon spending, Skate Shred spending, like all of my different spendings. And I'm just trying to stay on top of it. And it's definitely the most organized I've ever been in my adult yeah. life so far. And keep, it's because I'm passionate that. about it. You know, it's not like something that I'm like, well, someone told me to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like you never would have known if you never tried, if you never took the chance to do it. This probably like, sure, you did it right now, but it was probably like boiling in your mind forever. It's like, wow, I just want to make things. Like, No pun intended, boiling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. But I'm, I'm loving it. You know, it's like when you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. That That quote is definitely a true quote for sure. Yeah, I, I think about that a lot too. It's just like, yeah, learn like it's it's just beaten to death. Like I think so many of these motivational gurus have like ruined like what entrepreneurship and the process is. Yeah, and it's just like you got to learn to love the process, appreciate where you are, and just go. You know. Yeah, like, I mean, I continuously am like making mistakes here and there, and you just got to learn how to fine tune and. You know, like, uh, of course I get aggravated where I'm like, God damn it, you know, like, just like, yeah. and like, but it, you know, you figure it out and like, it, it makes you a more patient person in the long run. And I've always suffered from severe impatience. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm working on it. <laughs> no, I'm just as bad. I always tell as Vinny and like getting pissed off while learning something new is just part of the process. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like Ikea furniture. Like, yeah, oh my God, God, hey. brother, you got this. <laughs> I think that would be like my personal like purgatory. Like, wouldn't it be hell? Maybe purgatory. Just be putting together IKEA furniture with no instructions in Swedish for the rest of my life. <laughs> Dude, I'm a weirdo. I love I love the IKEA furniture. Like, I could put IKEA. I would. I wanted to join on TaskRabbit for a while. I was like, I'll build your IKEA furniture. Like, I love that. Just give me some headphones. <laughs> Yeah, I spent like five hours building an armoire at one point, and I was like, never again. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so, so some other things about you that I find interesting is that you transitioned into a vegan diet uh, later in your life. So what, why did you choose to do that and how does it impact you? So when I, when I went vegan, it was like kind of a slow moving process. Like I, I didn't just go vegan. Like one day I just woke up and I was like, Oh, I'm never going to eat an animal product ever again. Like it was definitely slow moving. Like I started as vegetarian and then I went pescatarian and then I went full vegan. So vegetarian would be basically like some vegetarians do dairy and eggs. Some vegetarians don't do eggs, but do dairy. Um, but they don't do land meat. They, they do, don't do that. So then pescatarian is like, 
it's like vegetarian, but with fish. Like fish. You're, allowed to, you're not allowed to eat land meat. You're allowed to eat fish and you're allowed to eat dairy and eggs. You're just not allowed to eat land meat. Vegan is, you know, no animal products. Um, no eggs. No, no eggs, no dairy. No, I mean, I'm my, my boyfriend Taylor doesn't, uh, he eats honey, but I don't. Um, like some vegans are just a little bit different and a little bit more like, you know, severe, like won't even put a leather jacket on, even though their grandmother gave it to them like 500 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just not that extreme um, with like the whole, like I I will not like, I'll try and buy vegan products as much as I can. But if someone buys me a gift, I'm not going to be like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to throw out my old things because like, then that's just waste. But, uh, but when I, when it comes down to being a vegan, we started slowly. I started like limiting myself right after I stopped drinking. After I stopped drinking, drinking was something that I never thought I could do, like stopping it. I, I have a long bloodline of alcoholism that runs in my family. I mean, people have died of liver cirrhosis and, you know, just like anger problems, like, you know, get out of hand with the drinking and stuff. Like all of my family is so special. And they're equal. They equally have that, like, you know, like wild creative side that, you know, that angst. So, you know, it's a really beautiful thing. There's yin and yang to everything, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, um, I have it on both sides. Um, my Papa Hank had it. Um, I have it. My aunt Carrie stopped a long time ago. She's amazing. She's a rock star. I mean, there's a lot of people in my family that still suffer and it's really tough to stop. So, um, after I stopped doing that, I mean, I remember my sister-in-law, she asked me to be her maid of honor at their wedding. And I was like, Oh my God, like, how am I going to stay sober enough until the speech? Like, how am I not going to get drunk before the speech, you know? And then I quit, um, quit drinking before their wedding. And I realized like, wow, like people treat you differently when you're a more, um, present person mm-hmm. and a lot of the time I would drink and I would start to black out so like my body would be moving in autopilot like I'd be functioning but I wouldn't remember anything so mm-hmm. people think blackout drinking is like when you just like drink and you pass out but actually it's it's like when your mind is out like you don't remember anything but you're still there you're still moving you're just like on autopilot you're like saying things that you would normally say it's a really scary thing um and dangerous and I did that a lot. So I stopped that. And when I realized like, wow, I could stop drinking. Like that's something I never, like I couldn't even go a weekend without drinking. Like I couldn't go, you know, a couple days, you know, it'd be any party. Every plan was like, okay, we're going to go to mom and dad's house for Christmas dinner. Well, we got to stop and pick up, you know what I mean? Like it's, oh, it was, yeah. always, oh, well, who's going to drive home? Like, you know, it was always an extra thing. So after I stopped doing that, I was like, maybe I can stop you know, eating meat. Then I was like, okay, maybe I could stop eating fish. Maybe I can stop doing that. And and I realized like there was this Gandhi quote, I think it's like something like the more that you limit yourself, the more um, like rewarding your life is basically, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but um, it was really inspiring at the time. And, and I did realize that like the more you're able to control yourself or restrain yourself from the mm-hmm. thing that you think that you think you really love it the more that you realize that it's not that thing that you love, it's the way that that thing made you feel as a person. 
So like you can harness those things in different ways. Like, you know, a lot of people drink, especially I drank because I liked the excitement and like the feeling of like, I'm on top of the world. And like, there's no restraints. Like, I'm just going to say things like nobody, like I usually care what everybody thinks. And then drink mm-hmm. as a way to not care what people think. Like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't say that. Cause it might hurt this person's feelings or blah, 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 blah. So like drinking was a way that I could do that. Now I'm just trying to work on being just myself and just like a clear person all the time that lives an honest life that doesn't like, you know, try to be anything, but just be, you know? Yeah. Like, thank, thank you for sharing that one, because I understand that could be a difficult thing for people to talk about. And two, like, it's, it's just crazy what a role our genetics and our environment can play in our lives growing up and how it can influence our decisions. But the thing that really I find the most inspiring about people is when they're able to find discipline. When you decided to make the choice, like like the Gandhi quote, it's to me, I look at it in a different light. It's just the more discipline you have, the more freedom you have. So by making the choice like and just seeing like what worked best for you, you were able to seize discipline. And discipline gives you more control of your life overall. So, like, that that's very touching to me. I'm happy for your uh, – it was your aunt, too, who who, uh, who came out of uh, drinking alcohol. Yeah, well. so so my, my Papa Hank recovered. Um, like, they, they say in Alcoholics Anonymous, which I don't really often – like, I don't associate with that group as – I think it was so helpful, and it's so helpful for a lot of people, and a lot of people should be able to – do that if they want to do that, if that empowers them. But, um, I was raised in an, a really non-religious setting. So like it was more of, it, it was a very religious setting for me. So I try kind of just took my own path. Um, but I, I think that, you know, it's, it's very empowering to know that you have people that are there with you. And I realized that like through my Papa Hank, you know, they, that's what I was saying. Sorry. They, they always say in AA that like, while you're recovering, you're always recovering. You are never recovered or you, like I used to be an alcoholic. You are always an alcoholic. You're that's what they said. You always will identify as an alcoholic. And, and it's not something that you're like boasting or super proud of, but you're always reminding yourself like, Hey, listen, like you're, you're not just this like special person, you know, we're all people and we all are just like one another and we all live Mm -hmm. our own lives and we all need to be responsible for ourselves and for our decisions. And that is, yes. So, you know, that is something that I really respected. So like I, I got to realize it on a, on a, grand public level by going to meetings like that. But I also got to realize it on like a really familial level with just like my experiences growing up in my family, watching, um, you know, my heroes doing things that they, you know, wouldn't always normally do. Right. Like things like that. And, And then me, you know, trying to be my own hero in this life and doing things that I was not proud of. 
you know, like mm-hmm. that was something that was very eye opening to me. So I think that like that discipline that you speak on, like that's where the vegan thing came in. And I really wanted to lose weight and not just for looks, but like for health wise, I had yeah. induced hypertension. Um, my electrolytes were always off. I was anemic. I was anemic, which is an iron deficient yeah. blood issue. And, and, um, that was when I was like a heavy meat eater. Now I have like perfect electrolytes. It's the first time in my adult life that I'm within normal BMI range. Um, so it's like so many different things happened all in that span of like changing that thing that I knew, you know, was a problem. And, you know, I have a lot of inspiration from really, really strong, powerful, wonderful people that I'm very lucky to have. And like yourself, you know, just connecting with, with you in general, you know, just people who are, you know, open to hearing the story and open to, you know, accepting, you know, a new version of a person who just really wants to be better and admit their wrongs and say, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm different. And I'll, I'll try to be the best version of me every day. And that's the best thing anyone can do is just strive to be the best versions of themselves acknowledge a problem when it's there and address it like something that i've become like a little more vocal about like is like i i've had like issues with like you know like i've never been diagnosed with depression but like there's honestly always like this sadness that's just always there for me and like if my mind slips into like that dark place it's my choice like to let myself slip there. Like I always like, like it's when, especially when I was in a tougher situation, honestly, I feel like like getting married and just being where I am right now has been like the ultimate therapy for me for just years of like difficulty and hardship oh, in my life. So it's like my family always had to scrape by. And then like, even at a young age, like people always had to like, rely on me and like just that burden of responsibility and the burden of having to be successful just weighed on me always and like yeah. people don't people don't see that and they, they don't understand like everyone like a lot of people judge me like on the outside and they're always like oh he's so intense he's so this he's so that and like to me it's just like yeah i'm intensely focused on what i have to do otherwise i'm gonna slip like into the bad place. Well, that's why I think like looking at all aspects of a person is, I think all people are art in their own way, you know, like just, just the fact of like looking at different personality types and realizing that like, even a person that like, you know, somebody might say, wow, you're so intense, you know, but you're like intensely motivated and intensely focused. And like that might some like, just like the whole thing of like anybody that anything says, about you is actually about them, you know, kind of thing of like it's yeah. their own personal projection of, you know, what their reality is. It has nothing to do with like your reality. Your reality is, yeah, maybe you're intense, but intense is such a broad word that you can use mm-hmm. such a different way, you know? That's why I'm so critical. Like it is everything, everyone is a reflection of each other. And like, that's why I'm usually so critical of people that just make excuses as to why they can't be who they want to be. Cause I used to be that person too. Like I used to make excuses and like what I had to realize was, is this like this bullshit needs to stop. Stop feeling bad for yourself. Stop with your 30, like make your, make your uh, fucking one month pity party into a 30 second pity party and get over it. (laughs) And move on. I've definitely struggled with some depression, especially in my early twenties with the whole drinking. And that's when it really took a plummet. Um, So, you know, it's hard for me to, 
look at perfect people or what, what you, we think are perfect people, right? And think that they are perfect people. And it's also equally as hard for me to look at this imperfect person and think that they are completely imperfect, you know? So like when I see a person who's like making a fool of themselves in public, I look at that person and instantly in my own head, I'm like, oh my God, that was me. That was me, you know? So I instantly don't think like, wow, what a freaking idiot, like taking a piss on the floor in the bar. You know, it's like, (laughs) I'm going up to that person and saying like, hey, can I help you? You know, come with me. Or like, hey, can we get some help over here? You know, because instantly I think like, or that perfect person who's like, I know everything. I'm the best. It's like, I also want to go over to that person and say, mm, are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like that with people who I, I can see in them that they have the spark and they're just too afraid to grab it. Yeah. And, and like, I know I always wished that like, like, like a secret wish that I always had when I was young was like, you know how they always say is like the teacher will present yourself, like, present himself when like the student is ready. And I, I'd always wish like that mentor would just like come into my life, change my life and like help me see the thing. And then, then I just like, it clicked to me. It's like, look, if the teacher's not coming, you have to become the teacher. And like, you have to, you have to be your own guru and you have to solve your path, your problems for yourself. And, you know, like I was able to figure that out on my own. But when I see other people that are struggling, like just to take the leap into do what they want, I always push them. Like I always tell them like, dude, fuck everyone else, do it. Like, hey, hey, like I, I see it. You're talented. Fuck everyone else. Do what you got to do. Don't listen to your parents. Don't listen to your colleagues. Doesn't matter how insane it is. Do what you want to do. Make a plan and make it work. You know, absolutely. Like, I don't know if you've seen Tom Segura's. Uh, like, I love Tom Segura. He's hilarious. Uh, I love all of those guys. Burt Bert Kreischer. I watched their new specials. I love it. I, I love them. They're they're freaking hilarious. And they were talking all about that the other day too. Like, it's so accurate. Oh yeah. Like Tom Segura is probably my favorite comedian at the moment. He he I has agree. my exact sense of humor. Like I have that darkness and like dry wit and people just don't get it. Like, right. it goes like their head. Either, either you get it or you don't, you know, uh-huh. he's not going to apologize if you don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, like uh, one of the things he said in his special was like how he doesn't argue with people anymore. He just immediately switches sides. Okay. <laughs> and like, that's something like I started, I started taking up now. Cause like, I always get stuck in debates because like I'm very principled. And once like someone kind of comes at my principles, then like I can't stop. Like, you know, and I, I, I'm forced to keep arguing with someone that I know I'll never reach. Right. And like, then I just realized like, I'm like, no, like why not harness that energy for the people who would actually listen versus somebody who, you know, is like not going to really give a shit, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I feel success. Success is the greatest revenge. And like, yeah. I, I'm definitely revenge motivated. <laughs> like, you know, to me, it's just like, I, I don't need anyone else's opinion. Like I, I love their insight, hate opinions. And right. I'm, I'm willing and able to just do the work and do the right thing and be the best version of myself. Cause we're all a reflection of our principles. Yeah. hundred percent. I totally agree. And I think like, like while it's important to listen to others, it's important to have like selective, like, or, or I should say, a filter not a filter but like we should be listening to them but we should also realize that like what is constructive versus Mm -hmm. like what is destructive you know like if you're not here to like help 
me grow like because all I'm out here doing is trying to help other people grow I never want to like destruct anyone's dreams down I never want to like like someone's like hey I want to like win the lottery one day it's my life goal and like they just like collect lottery tickets all day I'm not going to be like hey that's a stupid idea like even though I probably think that's a kind of crazy idea like that's not my life to live (laughs) yeah like I I definitely I'm very careful. I'm very cautious. Like, honestly, the, for even me, like when I give advice, there's like a truth. There's like different levels of truth that I'm willing to share with different people. Yeah. Because like some people just can't handle like blunt honesty. I know. And like, I just, I tend to be very blunt and I'm just like, I think okay. that's why we connect. I think that's good because like truly one of my best friends ever was like the first thing he said to me, like when I was really plummeting, he was just like, I know that we've hung out like three times in the past week but you've only came to hang out none of those times, even though you were right here. So (laughs) like, that was something that was so, and I was offended. I was like, what? Like, I don't have a drinking problem. You know what I mean? Like, no, I freaking did. And I fixed it because I was able to change my life so much for the better because someone that I loved and respected was able to tell me the truth and to Mm -hmm. be blunt with me. And you know, it's, it really is like, it's, it's really important for people to be blunt. Yeah, I think the truth is one of the greatest gifts that we're capable of giving. Like a lot of us just kind of hide behind like these masks and different illusions and excuses for like why we are the way we are. But it's 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 usually very simple. And it and sometimes like even though it's simple, it's a hard truth to admit. And once we're able to admit the truth, we can go. Like to me, like the thing that I try to live by is like never lie to yourself. Like if you find yourself having to give an excuse or a reason to justify an action you did, you probably did something wrong. Exactly. And at the same time, you should be introspective enough to just assess like other people's opinions of you to see if they're accurate or like some people legit just want to tear you down for literally no fucking reason at all. Right. Just, right. Just cause they're into like they're insecure or whatever, like jealousy, like all, all these things exist, but like you have to put it through like your own mental filter and be able to make those tough decisions, let people go if they're hurting you and just, you know, get these toxic people out of your life so you can live a healthier life. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's really interesting, just like the complete different personality types that are out there and how I really do believe that there's good in everybody. Um, It's just really hard to like pinpoint it out sometimes. (laughs) I, I, have a flexible version of that i believe everyone has the capacity (laughs) i don't believe everyone is good more accurate statement for sure no it's just like like i don't seek the good in people i just seek the truth i seek the why in people and that's like way less exhausting in a practice that i should definitely work on (laughs) i mean if it works for you like it works for me like to me it's just like i don't idolize idealize people and like try to see the best version of what they could be if they did everything right but if i see people that are on the edge of being the best version of themselves and like doing the thing they want to do then i'll tell them but like otherwise like, right. i just i just don't care like i you're the way you are and that's fine like you can't see my vision i don't need you in my group this right is, right this is the wolf for, pack sure. Here. <laughs> for sure for sure i mean it's, it's definitely interesting especially like the different crowds that come out with different 
you know, vibes of like businesses and what you you're doing with your podcast versus what, you know, the longboards are doing. And it's just amazing. Like the different worlds that connect. And uh, I just am so happy to be on brother. Thank you. Yeah. It's been, it's been thrill. I just have a couple more questions. I mean, you can wrap up. Yeah, no, I'm so, I love this. This is yeah. uh, no, I know. I'm really enjoying the conversation too. Like I've, I've noticed like I'm so analytical. So like, I always think like this in these terms and use Myers-Briggs a lot. Every time I speak to an ENFP, I feel energized after, and that never <laughs> happens. Like, well, dude, seriously. I feel instantly immersed in, you know, conversing with you and just being able to kind of flow. So like, truly, I really appreciate what you're doing with the podcast. I think it's really important to spread people's messages. Again, I total respect. Thank you. No, I, I I'm glad that I can spread your message because it's a great one. And then, you know, so just a couple more questions. So this is one that I just like to ask for fun, but I didn't get a chance to earlier. It's just, uh, do you ever think in terms of like what your spirit animal is or like, is there any, any sort of characteristics that really resonate with you? So, I mean, I've been thinking about this just recently, um, inspired by your questions and, um, my spirit animal at first I was like, I have to be like an animorph where like, cause I'm not always lazy, but I am like a sloth. Like I do feel very lazy a lot of the time, but I'm not always. So then I figured, you know, I think my spirit animal is, is a, is a toucan. <laughs> this is so colorful. You got to make a toucan board now. You understand, right? Yes, I have to now. Um, but I think I'm a toucan because they're colorful. They like fruits and vegetables. They freaking fly. And their beaks are long because they um, are able to reach out of reach places for other birds. So I think that's pretty cool that you can reach something that's out of reach. I think it's cool that they're super colorful and talkative and that they can fly. So that would be my spirit animal. That's a very creative answer. And I like it. I like Damn, I like that a lot. Because like, <laughs> you see, like, I appreciate that you put you put some time and thought into it. Because like, a lot of people just jump to like the first thing that comes to mind. And like this question, even though it's a fun question, it's, it's just, it's a metaphor, you know, it's like, how do you really see yourself? Like, you know, what are the values that you value the most, you know, and like you think embody your personality and your beliefs. So like, that's awesome. Like for me, I always think along, I, it's tough for me to pin down too. I'm always thinking along like a wolf, obviously, you know, just like lone wolf or just strengthen the pack. Yeah. Know? Or, or like for my bird, I always think about the Perigene falcon. They're, I love birds of prey. They just fascinate me. But the Perigene falcon especially, because it can fly. It's the fastest bird in the world. It, awesome. it, it flies 240 miles an hour. Woo! That's so to me, it's like I have the hawk eyes like, to see like what my target is, and I'm able to fly towards it at 240 miles an hour. <laughs> That's awesome. Precision. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That I, any kind of birds are really, really awesome. I actually used to have pet birds. Oh, really? When I was a kid, I had like a cockatiel and a parrot. Those are common. But like, I like looking back now, like as an adult, I'm like, what a sick animal to have as a pet. Like, that's horrible. Like, here, look at that. What, who, there was a comedian who talked about it, and I thought it was so funny. And he was like, he was like look at that free flying thing here. Let's put it in the cage and keep it in. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. Yeah, for sure. You know? So like, can't, can't cage a, a wild bird, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Birds are a weird one for me. Like I had some family members that had cockatiels actually, but like they're, they're cool. 
and like they they actually like can show you love, which is like kind of strange. Like to, yeah. you, you wouldn't expect that from a bird. They do tricks and stuff. It's bizarre. I remember yeah. the little one used to like walk over my shoulder from one hand to the other. It was crazy. We taught it like different whistles and stuff, so like it it oh. would be able to respond and replicate it. But uh, you, you know, bird, birds like that. Like birds are creatives. Like we're not supposed to be yeah. in cages. <laughs> like, we're supposed to be flying free, limited by bureaucracy. You know. So uh, a few more questions. It's just. Who comes to mind when you hear the word successful? Oh gosh, I have so many. Pe- Does it have to be one person? I have so many people that come to mind. Whatever comes to mind, tell me. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! My my parents. I mean, they they're number one for sure. Like they're just like wonderful people. Very kind hearted. Super generous. Just want to bring the family together. Like host all these family parties and Christmases and all these things. They just really know how to bring a crowd together. So I really respect that. That's super successful to be able to fund that. I mean, our family is huge. And just to be able to fund a family gathering is really intense, especially that many times a year. We're like mm-hmm. mafia or something. We're like this <laughs> every Sunday. Um, but uh, my Aunt Janet, uh, I mean, she is a huge inspiration to me. You know, she she's the producer of ABC News, like I said before. She's my godmother. And, um, she like changed the newsroom for women in New York. And I pretty sure like America, like she's amazing. Um, she figured out like all of these different experiences being like one of the first women that had to go and, you know, um, what is it? Maternity leave. So she figured out all this job sharing opportunities between women who would, you know, have babies around the same time period. So, you know, it really shifted the way of thinking in the newsroom. And, and that I think is so cool. My aunt Carla and uncle John, um, they're wild. Like they're so successful and wild and creative. I mean, my aunt Carla is an actress that was in friends and Seinfeld. Like she, she's just, awesome. yeah. Like they lived such an awesome life of like the follow your own timeline. Like they were both actors in California for years. They had, three kids who are like now my very best friends in the world. Um, also my inspirations and they were 50, like 50 when they had their, their son. And I think a little like, or 48 when they had their son and 50 when they had twin girls. So like, they were like, we're doing it. And they're still like the most wonderful people and amazing parents and their kids are my best friends. They're awesome. My brother's a huge inspiration, but I mean, like I'm surrounded by success. I'm a very lucky person. And I feel I, there's some times where I feel like I could just speak for hours on it, but I don't want to come off as that person. That's like, you know, we get it. Like your family is all, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but Shit, I, I really just feel bad for success. <laughs> I just, I, I really think that there's such phenomenal people. I mean, Taylor's stepmom is amazing. I mean, she just, whatever she puts in her mind, she built a, a, a a putting green in her backyard. It's incredible. It's incredible what, you know, the people that I've grown up with and, and have been recently meeting have inspired me to do Our One of our friends, Neo is such an inspiration. He is super successful wedding photographer and travels, you know, from New York to Mexico on a motorcycle with like no tent and just like eats beans. And like, <laughs> it's incredible. You're just like, I'm like, wow, you're alive. Like, this is awesome. I'm so happy to like hear about all your stories and see your amazing pictures. Um, but you know, there's just so many people that I'm exposed to. Um, just even through Malloy, like you, you know, like <laughs> there's so many wonderful inspirational people. Um, 
you know, Dr. Ceruto at Molloy College, Dr. Cutter. I mean, these women are really something. And I'm really lucky. I have a lot of, you know, really strong female and male um, figures in my life. My uncle Kevin, he's a carpenter. Uh, you know, my aunt Carrie's a nurse. And my aunt Ava, you know, she's an artist. My, it's just, I'm very lucky. I, I feel very lucky. My uncle lives in Holland. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's so crazy. It's just such like a broad horizon of like success that I, I see. And like, even when I meet somebody for the first time, you know, I really like, I just love people's stories. I really do. That was just another reason why I so respect your podcast. And, and I, I, I love listening to it because I think that you really learn something from everybody. I think like nobody's good at everything, but everybody's good at something. Yeah. Like no matter, like even when people, when people are really pissing me off, I'll always just think to myself, like, but what can you learn from this person? Cause they're like, they could be a real jerk, but like they could be awesome at like whatever they, whatever it is that they do. So like by shutting that person away, like even though you should absolutely have boundaries for yourself um, by shutting that person away, you're like missing out on an opportunity to learn something new, you know? So I try to like keep it light, you know, but also like really learn that that's really amazing and you should never ever feel bad that you have a strong family unit like if everyone had a strong family unit we would see a lot more successful people like i think it's great that you have family dinners and you have all this success and creativity within your family and it's because you all support each other and like that's beautiful absolutely like, uh, i love we grew up just jamming around fire pits with guitars and drums and like, like we love that stuff, you know, like, so, so I kind of grew up in a, in a very creative environment. And like I said, there was always music playing. There was always like the classics and like a, a, a an array of genres of music playing. I mean, freaking Dido, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> that was my mom's favorite. <laughs> my mom too. Yeah. She always tries to hit like a, uh, poke a hole in my poke a hole in my ship and die or something like that that song like, I, i'd always laugh I'm like what does that mean <laughs> you know but that and the smiths my mom would always play and i'm like are you depressed like because <laughs> they're the smiths are so dark like it's unbelievable my mom listened to like evanescence and lincoln park too and i'm like I wow love- mom <laughs> I remember my mom, she was my brownie scout leader, right? So like uh-huh. my mom was a working mom too. So like she was like, God damn, like I gotta do this like brownie scout thing because she wanted to be present but also have her job and like she was at probably a million miles a minute. Like I so respect her looking back. Like that's so tough. Like you don't know all the mom's names when you know people in the PTA are like so good at that stuff or whatever. And and she's there and like she's having this brownie meeting with all these young girls and their parents, and then all of a sudden like everybody's going to the party have a real good her freaking phone ringtone was byob by system of (laughs) i'm like you're the funniest brownie scout leader there is in the world um (laughs) see like i grew up with such a different dynamic like my father and i have zero relationship we grew up with uh I grew up with a very much children meant to be seen and not heard with him and stuff. And it was like, it's, he was military. So it was always like, yes, sir. Yet yeah, no, sir. Like, you know, kind of, kind of deal. Took my shirt and my jeans, <laughs> you know, <laughs> all that kind of bullshit. He sucked. But my mom, on the other hand, like, and my, my younger brother, like together, like the three of us are our unit. We've become more of a unit, honestly, since, since I got married. Cause they, they always kind of defer to me for like a game plan. 
because I always have to make the tough decisions for us in order for us to like move forward. And like our family is a unit in the way of like how we survived. Like we never had like abundance of anything really, but we always had like support and a willingness to solve problems. So like having that much at least in my corner was good enough for me to give me the motivation to grow. I think that's so incredible. And I think that like your family is so freaking lucky to have you to make those tough decisions and to be the strength of the pack. <laughs> no joke. I mean, you know, like it, it, it's really tough and like, it's really hard, especially, you know, when you're not coming in numbers and in droves, you know, people yeah. like, there, if, if one person pisses you off, it's hard to just say, well, I'll just go to my third cousin on the right side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it's not like that. And Taylor experiences that a lot too, where, you know, he, he has to make a lot of decisions for, for himself with like, you know, not as much guidance and not mm-hmm. much like, and there's pros and cons to both sides of it. And we, we always talk about it, but he is super independent. He is so yeah. much less emotionally charged than I am as the person he does like what's best for him now like, I, and doesn't like consider like, oh, well, what will this person think or what? Else? No, he's like, no, 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 this is going to be good for both of us. And like, yeah. this is, no, this is what we're doing, you know? And I, I respect that. I appreciate that. Um, I think it's, you know, a really good thing, you know, that he can be his own person um, and kind of adapt to his own environment, you know? Yeah. As Vinny, I'm a lot like that. And as Vinny kind of balances me out, like we're yin and yang, like, she enables me to dream more because like that's something that I've always had to put on the back burner in some point or another, just for the sake of logical needs. Like, and, but even though it was always in the back burner, it was always, once I get to X, I will run to Y. And like, you know, it's just, it's just like timing and positioning strategy, tactfulness. Like that's been my way of life. Like since I was a child, Right. And it's just, you know, everything has its moment. You just have to facilitate that moment. So by growing up the way I did, it, it taught me how to be tactful and it taught me how to be patient and how to strategize, like, which are things that like a lot of people don't have. Like I, I'm impatient waiting for that opportunity because I, I know it's a waiting process a lot of the times, but once it's there, I know it's there and I know seize it right now. Like right. you cannot wait, you must execute and like, even with my podcast right now, like I've had zero boundaries. Like, you know, I just, I reach out to everyone. I, if I find you interesting, I don't care how many followers you have or anything like that. If you're just putting good into the world, I want to know you and I want to build my network. I want to just know people that are trying to create a positive impact in the world genuinely, you know, so that that's all I seek. And you've really brought that today and I love it. Thank you so much. Seriously, dude. Like I'm, I really do feel very lucky to have been a part of your podcast and your passion project. Um, it, it says a lot about who you are as a person when you want to bring such good into the world and you want to give people a platform to be themselves and to share their message and to kind of just, you know, BS and have a good time also. Like, you know, it's, it's the beginning of a friendship and then just, my very last question, because I, I have to know this, is uh, what is your favorite book and why? Ooh, I'm going to say David and Goliath by Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. I it, love Malcolm Gladwell. Yes, me too, dude. He is so special. He is such like an analytically, um, he's like the perfect balance of 
analytics and emotion mm-hmm. and like just he just pulls this like interest out of you that you didn't know that you had um david and goliath is about um underdogs misfits and the pursuit of battling life's giants and i think it's so phenomenal that he is able to talk about the advantages of disadvantages and the disadvantages of advantages which sounds like a lot to wrap your head around but it makes a ton of sense when you realize that like at the end of the day there is this yin yang force that happens everywhere in the world like everywhere you look and um that like you can fight these, um, these, 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 these battles, these, you know, boxes that you're being put in these, um, shackles that you're being tied to these ideas that you can't do something. David and Goliath, for those of you who don't know, is like a biblical story about a little shepherd boy and a, giant warrior basically goliath is the giant warrior and david is the shepherd boy and you know they're fighting each other they have to fight each other for land and right am i right yeah he like david takes him down with a slingshot yeah so david is this shepherd's boy and then there's this huge warrior like war god who's like ripped and has like you know tools and whatever and like all this stuff and then david only has the because he's a shepherd boy and he herds shepherd uh, he herds sheep Sheep. (laughs) he herds sheep um you know he has this crazy ability to sling rocks because that's what gets the sheep to be herded in the right direction so he you know strategizes and uses his strength of slinging rocks to attack his predator from far away and no one thought that that would even be a possibility because they thought, you know, you fight in the town square, I guess, back then. And, you know, he defied the odds. And I thought, you know, that's so cool. And then he went into a bunch of other stories about, you know, Martin Luther King and how he battled his quote unquote giants, um, making people believe that the crowds were bigger than they actually were. So yeah. the next time they came, you know, around with this new protest or whatever was going on at the time, like the I have a dream speech, even people came in droves, came more and more too, because they said, oh, wow, that was a really big rally. That last time I'm going to show up to this one. And it just drew in people. It's so bizarre. I really. Yeah, the, the story of David and Goliath has been an inspiration for, for art and many other types of people like throughout the world. Like, like I believe it was Donatello and Michelangelo, like those famous artists that both made sculptures of the David. Yeah, I, I actually don't like Donatello's version because it has like a hat, and I think it looks. <laughs> but uh, the Michelangelo's like uh, David is spectacular, and yeah. like what the David represents is is that he is the greatest like capacity, like the greatest capacity of like human humankind, like mankind. It's like yeah. what humankind is possible, like of uh, what what is possible for humankind to to do in the face of overwhelming adversity yeah and like, like that's the beauty especially when everybody is rooting against you <laughs> oh yeah all the odds can be stacked in your favor but sometimes it just takes precision to beat the odds right so on that note is there anything that you would like to plug on social media 
I would love if everybody would follow Cave Oil Customs on Instagram. I have a Cave Oil Customs page on Facebook. Um, I decided that I'll be doing drops. So for each new set of boards that I make, I will be putting out a drop email list. You can leave your email in the drop box. Um, I will have these emails reserved. First come, first serve. I'll drop a, a, a set of five boards. And if your email's on that, you're the next on the list for until the next drop. So that is the new plug. I'll be releasing all of these things um, and links out this week for K-Boyle Customs Longboards. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much, Ethan, for having me. No, thank you so much for being a guest. You've been wonderful. So on that note, everyone, just remember, the strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Strength of the Pack. If you're interested in reading some of my content, you can find my book, The Ink of My Soul and The Fire in My Bones on Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com. It's just a story that I frame after my own life where I try to teach lessons to the reader. It's like I know I'm young and I definitely don't know everything, but I think I have a pretty unique perspective on the world and maybe you'll get something out of it. And aside from that, I also am an affiliate of First Form, so if you're interested in getting any supplements, go to firstform.com forward slash Ethan and you'll get free shipping on all of your supplements. And if you have any questions, feel free to DM me. Uh, that's it. Have a good week.